Welcome to Morning Soap. At Fusion Church, our desire is that every believer would not just attend church, but also hear from God daily through His Word. As we read the Bible, we begin to see how God responds to things. Doing daily devotions repatterns the way we think, transforms the spirit of our mind, and helps us become more like Jesus. Join us here, Monday through Friday, as various pastors and leaders at Fusion Church share devotion and teaching through that day's soap scripture. Download the current soap reading plan at fusionchurch.cc soap. a.m. So, how you guys feeling? So glad to see you guys today. You guys made it up. You're awake. Bright-eyed, bushy-tailed, as Pop would say, ready to go. Or some of you guys still like, you know, doing one of these numbers like, oh, man. Um, so excited today. We got Exodus 6. Um, yeah, Moses talking to Pharaoh, trying to get this done, trying to get the people out. Um, so another exciting, exciting chapter um happening uh a lot still going on we have a mago day happening this week um sisters come on wednesday at eht sunday at cumberland um i was i was telling the cumberland on on sunday invite your mama your sister your your auntie your your, your girlfriend everybody invite everybody bring them out you know i'm sure pastor danielle you know she's coming off her sabbatical so i'm sure she has got something ridiculous planned out um for the ladies of south jersey and there's a mechanical bull um listen i don't know how we gonna do it at cumberland county they still haven't talked to me about this but rumor has it we're having a mechanical bull at cumberland county too so come on um i tried to get i asked sandra if she was gonna jump on it and she just she looked at me like nah that ain't happening i ain't jumping on <laughs> no mechanical bull but come on imago day this week's gonna be great so we are at Exodus 6. Um, I'm going to open up with a word of prayer. Father, we love you, Lord, and we just thank you, Lord, for what you're doing. Father, I thank you for these, these stories that are not just stories in your word, Lord God, but the things that actually took place, Father, that continue to show your faithfulness, Father, Lord. Continue to show that when you make a promise that you will keep it, Father, Lord. So I pray that, Father, that as, as we're spending this brief time together, Lord God, that you will speak to each of us, Father, Lord God. I pray that we be your words that are heard and not mine, Father, that I would fade to the background, Lord God. Father, reveal new truths, Father, to each of my brothers and sisters, both listening now and listening later on in the podcast. Father, we praise you for what you're doing. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. All right, let's stretch. Exodus 6, and I am reading from the New King James Version. Then the Lord said to Moses, now you shall see what I will do to Pharaoh. For with a strong hand, he will let them go. And with a strong hand, he will drive them out of his land. And God spoke to Moses and said to him, I am the Lord. I appeared to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob as God Almighty. But by my name, Lord, I was not known to them. I have also established my covenant with them to give them the land of Canaan, the land of their pilgrimage in which they were strangers. And I have also heard the groaning of the children of Israel, whom the Egyptians keep in bondage, and I have remembered my covenant. Therefore, say to the children of Israel, I am the Lord. I will bring you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians. I will rescue you from their bondage, and I will redeem you with an outstretched arm and with great judgments. I will take you as my people, and I will be your God. 
then you shall know that I am the Lord your God who brings you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians. And I will bring you into the land which I have swore to give Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And I will give it to you as a heritage. I am the Lord. So Moses spoke thus to the children of Israel, but they did not heed Moses because of anguish of spirit and cruel bondage. And the Lord spoke to Moses saying, go in, tell Pharaoh, king of Egypt, to let the children of Israel go out of his land. And Moses spoke before the Lord saying, the children of Israel have not heeded me. How then shall Pharaoh heed me? For I am of uncircumcised lips. Then the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron and gave them a command for the children of Israel and for Pharaoh, king of Egypt to bring the children of Israel out of the land of Egypt. Verse 14, these are the heads of the father's houses. The sons of Reuben, the firstborn of Israel were Hanak, Palu, Hezron, and Carmi. These are the families of Reuben. And the sons of Simeon were Jemuel, Jamin, Ohad, Jachin, Zohar, and Shaul, the son of a Canaanite woman. These are the families of Simeon. These are the names of the sons of Levi, according to the generations, Gershon, Kohath, Merari. And the years of the life of Levi were 137. The sons of Gershon were Libni and Shimni, according to their families. And the sons of Kohath were Amram, Ishar, Hebron, and Uziel. And the years of the life of Kohath were 133. The sons of Merari were Mali and Mushi. And these are the families of Levi, according to the generations. Now Amram took for himself Jochebed, his father's sister, as wife. And she bore him Aaron and Moses. And the years of the life of Amram were 137. The sons of Ishar were Kohar, Zeph, Nepheg, and Zikri. And the sons of Uziel were Mishael, Elzaphan, and Zithri. Aaron took for himself Elisheba, daughter of Amminadab, sister of Nishan as wife. And she bore him Nadab, Abihu, Eleazar, and Ithamar. And the sons of Korath were Aser, Elkanah, and Abiasaph. These are the families of the Korahites. Eleazar, Aaron's son, took for himself one of the daughters of Putio as wife. And she bore him Phineas, Phinehas. These are the heads of the father's houses of the Levites, according to their families. These are the name are the same Aaron and Moses to whom the Lord said, bring out the children of Israel from the land of Egypt, according to their armies. These are the ones who spoke to Pharaoh, king of Egypt, to bring out the children of Israel from Egypt. These are the same Moses and Aaron. And it came to pass on the day the Lord spoke to Moses in the land of Egypt that the that the Lord spoke to Moses saying, I am the Lord, speak to Pharaoh, king of Egypt, all that I say to you. But behold, but Moses said before the Lord, behold, I am of uncircumcised lips and how shall Pharaoh heed me? Amen. Amen. I don't know if y'all see a trend, but it seems like I'm getting all the chapters with all the crazy names. I don't know if I like this. I think the next, the next chapter I have that has all kinds of crazy names, I'm going to I'm going to pick someone at random, like, hey, you need to read this for me, because, whoo, man, tongue twister. So, verse one, now you shall see what I will do to Pharaoh. Ca carrying on the story from the previous chapter, Moses was discouraged by what he thought was God's lack of action and help. I mean, God's reply to Moses showed that he wanted him to know that the Lord was in control of it all. Moses was discouraged because he was he was too impressed by Pharaoh and not impressed enough by God. Pharaoh said, you know, no, it ain't gonna happen, right? And right away, Moses is seeing all the power of Pharaoh and he's forgetting who God is. 
But he goes on to say, for with a strong hand, he will let them go. God promised that not only would Pharaoh let the children of Israel leave, but he would drive them out. And he would drive them out with a strong hand. This seemed impossible to Moses after Pharaoh's initial reaction to him and, and the message from the Lord. You know, but this was also a, a, a wonderful, grace-filled message to Moses. It was like God was saying, Moses, not only will Pharaoh let them go, but his, but he's going to push them out. He's gonna, he's gonna drive them out of the land. He's gonna not want them there anymore and say, get out. Why? Because verse two, I am the Lord. You see, in reminding Moses of, of the great name of God, the name of Yahweh, he confirmed that he remained the covenant making and the covenant keeping God. So, and and, and he would absolutely fulfill you know, his promises that he made to the people. Verse three says, I appeared to Abraham, to Isaac and to Jacob as God almighty, but my name, Lord, I, I was not known to them. Okay. This kind of confused me, you know, because the Lord spoke to them, right? The Lord gave them promises, you know, but he says, but my name, Lord, was not known to them. See, the, patri the patriarchs, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob of, of Israel, they were privileged to know the God who made the covenant, right? But for them, the covenant was barely fulfilled. It was just a promise. And they believed the promise, but it was a promise that they would not see. They would not see, you know, the promise of the, 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 the descendants being more than numerous than the sands of the sea and, and, and the stars in the sky. You know, but but... Um, so the patriarchs, they knew God as uh, they, he was the maker of the covenant, right? But Moses and, and this generation from the Exodus would know God as the one who fulfilled the covenant. They would be the ones to actually see the covenant happening. You know, the patriarchs knew the name of Yahweh. You know, the name Yahweh is used um, more than 160 times in the book of Genesis. So they knew the name Yahweh, but but the application of that name, you know, referred to God, you know, to God um, who kept and fulfilled the covenant, you know, they didn't know that, but this generation would, you know, he says, I have established my covenant with them in verse four. So, so God is saying, you know, they knew me, but you're really going to know me, right? They knew God, they knew God was powerful. God, you know, did, did things for them. But you, Moses, and your generation, I want to know you on a personal level, right? I want to know you. I want you to know, you know, it says as God Almighty, you know, so so as 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 the patriarchs knew God Almighty, the word, you know, the, the name El Shaddai, but they did not know him as extensively and intimately as he would reveal himself to Moses and the people. They knew the power of God, but they didn't know the same personal relationship and revelation that Moses would come to know. So for, for us, you know, God wants to be more than God Almighty, right? God wants you to know him as more than just God Almighty, as uh, uh, this, this being in the stories that we read about. You know, he wants us, us also to know him as a personal promise-making and promise-keeping God whom we can trust with everything, you know, believers, brothers and sisters, 
saints listening to this call, those of you who are listening later on uh, on the podcast or on the on the blog, we should ask you know, ask ourselves: Do we really know God by these personal names? Does God really have a personal relationship with us, or is He just this this being that you've heard about in the stories? Is He just this this this, this person that you're perhaps your your parents or your grandparents or your your aunties, uncles, whoever? talked about who is god to you god wants to be more than the way he was to the to abraham isaac and jacob he wants to be the personal god that he was going to be with moses verse five says i have remembered my covenant god remembers his covenant so now moses was going to be called to remember his god remember the god who he serves verse six says therefore say to the children of Israel. So the, the previous statement seemed to be more for Moses himself, you know, from around verse two to five. But the following verse was going to be given for the benefit of Israel as a whole. And he says, I am the Lord. Now this this portion of the um uh, of the, the chapter is really, really interesting because God goes now to great lengths to confirm the covenant with the children of Israel. And he's going to make seven separate I will statements, right? I will. And he's going to break it down, what he's going to do. I will bring you out. I will rescue you from their bondage. I will redeem you. Verse 7, I will take you as my people. I will be your God. Verse 8, I will bring you into the land. I will give it to you as a heritage. God is making these promises, right? And, and he was telling the children of Israel exactly what I'm going to do. Exactly. I'm a, this is what I'm going to do and watch and wait. But you know what? Satan has also made his own I will statements. In Isaiah, Isaiah 14, he made his own I will statements. I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will also sit on the mount of the congregation. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the most high. See, Satan can make his own statements, right? He can make his own, own he can say whatever he wants to say as well. But the difference is that Satan was powerless to make any of his I wills happen. But God is more than able to fulfill each of his promises. What promises has God made in your life? What are those I will statements that God has made to you that perhaps we forgot because the world gets in the way, right? Circumstances get in the way. We see the stuff happening around us. You know, God, Jesus calls us to walk on the water with him, but we see the storms and we forget that he's out there with outstretched arms. Satan's going to speak into you. Just like God speaks into us, Satan can speak into us. He can whisper those things into your ear to make you doubt the promises of God. He can say those things to make you doubt who you are in God so that you forget the promises. But God says, I will. I will. And each one of God's I will promises always come to pass. Satan can't make any promises because he's ultimately powerless. He is a roaring lion, a roaring, which means he ain't coming. He ain't slashing you. He ain't biting you. He can't because all he can do is roar. But 
Moses tells the children of Israel, and it says in verse 9, but they did not heed Moses, right? The NIV uh, translation says they did not listen to him. So after Moses spoke what, uh, what God had told him, the Israelites were still stuck in their unbelief. Why? It goes on to say because of anguish of spirit and cruel bondage. This is why Israel doubted both God and his messenger Moses, because they had hundreds of years of slavery that made them think like slaves. Their mentality had changed. Instead of people of the covenant, you know, they, 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 they viewed Pharaoh as bigger in their eyes than God was. Just like later on, the spies going into the promised land, they viewed the Canaanites as bigger. They viewed themselves as smaller and unable to do so, right? This mentality stuck with them for a long, long time. And don't we often find ourselves in the same place, brothers and sisters? We find it hard to trust God and, and, and believe that he's for us. And this is why Paul says in Romans 12 that we must be conformed, not be not, not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by what? The renewing of our mind. The renewing of our mind. Brothers and sisters, there's an old, an old book called Battlefield of the Mind right? And everything happens in the mind, right? This is where your, your soul encompasses your mind, will, and emotions, your mind. The enemy can speak into us and what we allow to come in. That's why it's so important, brothers and sisters, what you ingest, what you see, what you listen to, the conversations that you have, because we must not be conformed. We must allow the Holy Spirit to continue to renew our mind so that we remain transfixed on who God is and what his promises are. So it doesn't matter what's going on around you. It doesn't matter about the Egyptians around you, the bondage that you may feel that you're in. God has made a promise and he has promised to get you out of that bondage. Ezekiel 20 uh, goes on to... to, to uh, show us a little bit more um, and, and why Pharaoh was so big and God was so small, because he explained that they trusted the gods of their oppressors. They were worshiping them. And this is why they didn't trust God and Moses. They had spent so much time in, in, in Egypt. And while, no, they didn't um, intermingle as far as marriage and, and all that stuff so that the Israelite bloodline got diminished. However, there was enough culture around them that some of them probably forgot. They were probably starting to worship these gods of Egypt and praying to those gods of Egypt to, to not be oppressed no more. And they were still oppressed. So now here Moses comes with this God of their forefathers who allowed them to come into bondage. Why are we going to believe him? And these gods won't, won't, won't help us. These gods won't save us. What makes you think your God's going to save, save us? Right? So then Moses is like, if they won't listen to me, then how is Pharaoh going to listen to me? If the people, God, that you are saving, that you want to bring out of bondage, is not that they, they are not listening to me, what makes you think that Pharaoh's going to listen to me? But God told Moses to repent what he had unsuccessfully done before the previous chapter here he gone to pharaoh and it didn't work out and moses felt that this approach had failed once so there was no no sense repeating it there's no sense going back and saying the same thing to pharaoh pharaoh's not going to listen you know 
his approach failed to persuade even the Israelites, you know, so it's not going to work with Pharaoh, you know, and he goes on to say, for I am of, of uncircumcised lips. See, previously Moses objected because he believed he wasn't eloquent enough in Exodus 4. Now he objects because he believed he was not worthy of the task. His feeling um, wasn't about his perceived inability to speak, but because he was unclean, you know, and that's something, another lie the enemy speaks into us. We cannot do, we cannot serve because of the sin in our life. Brothers and sisters, if we were waited until we were completely sinless, we would never do anything because we are fallible. We are full of sin. And yes, Jesus has come to save us and he cleans us of our sin, but we are still human. And I don't care how holy you think you are. I don't care if you believe you walk on water. You have sin in your life. And you're never going to be worthy. But God makes us worthy. Because when God looks at us, he sees his son. And that's what, that's what the difference is. When the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron and gave them a command, verse 13, God wanted them to be persistent in their obedience. Not look to Pharaoh not look to the children of Israel, not even look to themselves, but look to God, look to God alone. What are you looking to, brothers and sisters? Are you looking to Pastor Brendan? Are you looking to our elders, one of the pastors on staff? Are you looking to, you know, some TV preacher? What are you looking to? Because I'm going to tell you, we will all fail you. I promise. I promise. Matter of fact, I just had a conversation with somebody who said that, oh, you, you upset me. You disappointed me. You did this. And like, listen, I'm just Jason. What you see is what you get. I'm not God. Pastor Brennan is not God. Pastor Jose is not God. Doug, Bob, the rest of the elders are not God. We have been, we have been tasked and empowered to serve the house of God and facilitate the work that he's going to do, but we are not God. Who are you looking to? See, my, Moses, he wanted to quit after the first setback. First time Pharaoh was like, nah, nah, homeboy, I ain't giving up my, my slaves. You know, Moses wanted to just throw up his hands and be like, I'm done. But God, but God had more to do in his heart before Moses would be ready to deal with all the discouragement ahead as he led Israel into the promised land. This was just, this was the first setback. And we know Moses, you know, when we, in the next few weeks as we're reading along, he's going to have 40 years of setbacks, 40 years of disappointments, of heartache. This was just the beginning. So God, God is still dealing with Moses. What that tells me is that God is so faithful that you can be in the middle of your calling. You could be fulfilling your calling, and he still takes the time to refine you, to work on you, to mold you. Because brothers and sisters, we are never going to get there on our own. Until we're in glory, you know what I'm saying? We're in heaven with, 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 with Jesus. We are still going to have stuff that we need to work on. God was, was now built. He's building endurance in Moses. The ability to stick with God's plan and will, even when it didn't seem to work. 
this faith. This is the patient endurance in the Lord that Moses needed to grow. See, Moses had to understand that this was God's will, not merely a suggestion for Israel, not merely, you know, uh, you know, it might be a good idea if you let the children of Israel go. No, this was God's will. And if this was God's divine command, it would be accomplished one way or another. Listen, Moses was a great man of God, a great man of faith. But let me tell you something. If Moses had said, nah, God, I ain't going to do this, God would have still found a way. See, God doesn't need any one of us, but he chooses us. He chooses us to fulfill his will. He chooses us to do his work in the kingdom. Are we being obedient? Are we listening? And it's not always easy. It is downright hard. There are days, you know, um, Pastor Jose, I'm going to call us both out. You know, I see you. I see you. You're, you're on the on the, the call. There are days when Pastor Jose, we sit down and we both say, "Man, I love this. I love being a pastor. I love being a pastor of Fusion Church." But there are, there are days, whoo, when I'm like, you know, I'm about to go on Indeed.com and see what else is out there. You know what I'm saying? Because it is hard. However, God gives us the grace that we need to serve each and every one of you. He gives Pastor Brennan ridiculous grace to deal with everything he deals with on a daily basis, not just on Sundays, okay? God still dealing with Moses and still saying, listen, you're not perfect, but I choose you. And God is telling each and every one of us on this call, you're not perfect, but I choose you. Eric, you're not perfect, but I choose you. Robert, you're not perfect, but I choose you. Laurel, I choose you. Frank, I choose you to do my work. Are we going to be obedient? Are we going to listen to him? So then it goes on and it gives a, a brief lineage of the sons of Levi, right? And, and, and verse 16, it says, the sons of Levi, according to their generations. In the tribe of Levi, there were three main families within that tribe, Gershon, uh, Kohath, and Merari. Each of these families would be given specific duties in the service of the Lord and his tabernacle. Through this family is, are going to be the priests of the children of Israel. Through the family of Moses and, and Levi. And, and it goes on to say, it talks about um, Moses and Aaron, Aaron's parents. In verse 20, she bore him Aaron and Moses. This passage not only tells of the ancestors of Moses and Aaron, but also some of Aaron's descendants. His sons are listed, you know, and even his, his grandson um, through Eleazar is listed. This portion is important because the, the priesthood that will eventually come from the family of Aaron will be passed down to his descendants. Therefore, it's important to know exactly who his descendants were. Ancestry was so important to the children of Israel and, and, and all most ancient peoples. You know, ancestry was so important because they were able to track that back all the way to the beginning, right? So moving on, and we're about to close. Uh, verse 29, speak to Pharaoh, king of Egypt, all that I say to you. God previously commanded Moses to speak to Pharaoh. But after his first disappointing experiences, Moses now hesitated. 
you know, again, in his obedience, he was questioning his, his obedience. You know, again, he says, I am of unclean, uncircumcised lips, excuse me, uncircumcised lips. This may refer to Moses' idea that, again, he had a speech problem, you know, he stuttered, uh, or it may be his understanding that he was a sinful man, and therefore he was unworthy to be used. You know, Moses' feelings may be similar to that of Israel in Isaiah, excuse me, Isaiah and Isaiah uh, 6, 1 through 8. See, that portion of scripture, Isaiah, he, you know, he knew that he was a sinner in God's presence. And he sensed that the center of his sin was in his lips, as in speaking and communicating in a way that did not glorify God. See, God could deal with Isaiah's unclean lips, and he was more than able to deal with Moses' uncircumcised lips. God is perfectly able to deal with all the things in our lives, brothers and sisters, real or imagined real or imagined god's able to deal with it you know the things that that hinder us from being used by him not the things that nothing hinders him from using us but the things that we allow to hinder us to be used by him god can work through all of that brothers and sisters so as i close what are those things what is keeping you from serving god what is keeping you from from giving your whole being to him and i'm telling you once, once you let go and you let God be God, your life will not be the same. And he will take you to places that you only dreamed of. The children of Israel, they only dreamed of the promised land. They remember the promise. They remember this. There was this God who promised their ancestors all this, but we're in slavery. It's never going to happen. We're going to be slaves forever. Some of you may be thinking, I'm in slavery right now. I'm in slavery to my sin. I'm in slavery to an addiction. I'm in slavery to whatever. I can never get out of this. But God is saying, hear my words. I will bring you out of it. I will use you. I will bring you. I will, I will put you to work for the kingdom. I will deliver you from whatever it is. But you, each and every one of you, Listening now, listening later, need to let go. Give it to God. All Moses had to do, instead of questioning God and saying, I'm this, I'm that, blah, 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 was say, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. But what's really interesting, it's going to be my last point, otherwise I'm going to keep talking all day, Doug, is that Moses wrote this book. Moses wrote the first five books of the Bible. And he included his, his disbelief. He included his own questioning. He included his own arguing with God. Why? Because I believe he wanted to show that it doesn't matter how great you can be, you're still human. Have grace for yourself, right? You may mess up. You may question. You may have some grace for yourself, but then stand up, obey the Lord, and allow him to walk you through your circumstance. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we love you, Lord, and we just thank you for this time, Father. Thank you, Lord, that, that your promises are indeed yes and amen, Father. And if you've made a promise over our lives, Father, that we can take that to the bank, Lord, and know that it will come to fruition, Father. So, Father, I pray that whatever 
my brothers and sisters are dealing with, whatever that struggle is, whatever that sin is, Lord, whatever that thing that is keeping them in bondage, Father, Lord, right now in the name of Jesus, I claim victory over that thing, Lord God. I pray that those chains of bondage will be broken right now in the name of Jesus, Father, so that they can really look and see the ultimate goal that you have for them, Lord God. They can could, they could achieve the full fulfillment that you have for them, Father, Lord, and they don't have to look to anything else but look to you, Father. So thank you for what you're doing, Lord God. Continue to bless them, keep them, and guide them. We love you so much, Father. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. All right, guys. Love you all. This has been a great one. I will see you again next week. God bless.